Silencer Central. Folks, if you want to learn something new right alongside me, check it out at silencercentral.com. I've never put a suppressor on any of my weapons, but I'm going to start now. And I'm using Silencer Central to help get me started because they walk you through the whole process. To include, you can ship the rifle to them. They'll thread it, they'll put it on, and they will ship it back, and you can make payments on the whole thing while you wait for all the licensing to get approved, which they take care of for you. It's a great process, and it's a great company, American manufacturer, right there in South Dakota, and we are really excited to be partnering with them. So check it out at silencercentral.com, or give them a call at 888-781-8778, and let them know that you heard it on the Western Huntsman. Hoffman Boots is my go-to boot. I love the Explorers in the 8-inch, and they've got the Vibram sole, totally waterproof, no break-in period. They just glue your feet to the mountain. You can't ask for more out of a boot, and you don't have to break the bank to get a pair. So check it out at HoffmanBoots.com. Again, another American company. A local North Idaho friend of mine who runs this company decided to make some great hunting boots for all people that are serious about getting into the backcountry to chase elk and deer and bear and everything else out there. So check it out at hoppinboots.com. Use promo code all caps lock huntsman 10 at checkout to save you 10%. There exists a threat. From anti-hunting groups to politicians trying to give our land away, and we won't stand for it. Those vast western landscapes provide the space for our wildlife to thrive, and a place for hunters and anglers to fuel the fire that sparks their soul. In this show, we share our love of hunting, fishing, and conservation. Here, we provide the foundation to meet these threats through passion and the grit of the American outdoorsman. Welcome to the Western Huntsman Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this episode of the Western Huntsman Podcast. This is Jim Huntsman, your host, coming at you from the Broken Tan Studio right here in Heron, Montana, and brought to you by Eastman's Hunting Journals. Uh, thanks, guys, for tuning in. We are rolling into the winter months here, and as uh, we've been talking, you know, usually what we do is we kind of transition from, you know, how to kill an elk, how to kill a bear into more of a... Uh, you know, what's going on in the hunting community, the hunting space, what we're up against, the anti-hunting movement, you know, things along those topics. And, and you know, I hope there's nobody out there rolling their eyes at this because this is important stuff that affects us all. And uh, I'll be honest with you. You know, when I started this show back in uh, 2019, it was our first show. Our first episode was released on Christmas Eve of 2019, you know, right before like uh, COVID-19 hit and all that kind of stuff. And and the reason I started the show, ladies and gents, was because I, I have concerns. I had concerns about the future of hunting and they, I, I was seeing what the anti-hunting movement was doing. It was growing uh, different, wh- whether it was through like legislative action, um, petitions to, uh, you know, just some of these organizations trying to fund their way through, uh, you know, getting what their their ideology is aligned with, which is, you know, basically the exact opposite of what everybody else's is. 
So I, I say that to highlight, you know, that was, uh, we're coming on to four years uh, ago when I started that. And I will tell you that my concern for the future of hunting is the, the concern is double than it was four years ago. Uh, things have gotten worse. There's things coming out of the woodwork in, it seems like sometimes in all directions and it, it tends to come out in the winter. And so that is why I continue to hammer away with these kind of episodes, because we have to figure out a way to get this information in front of sportsmen, because I was just talking to the guests this week, and and I feel like there's a lot of people out there that are passionate hunters, but they're asleep at the wheel when it comes to what is possibly coming down the pike. And it doesn't matter if you're in Washington or New Mexico or Montana or, or New Hampshire for, for heck's sake, you know, it, it's, it's, it's coming from all sorts of different places, different directions. And this ideology that is kind of bred out of this, um, I don't know how to say that it's kind of bred out of this extremist view, this, and, and extremism in general. Much of it from the left, the political left, you know, and, and this is where it's kind of derived out of is growing and and their voices are getting louder and they're getting more united. So that is why uh, I've been following a guy named Gary Strasberg. Did I say your name right, brother? You did. Yes, sir. You nailed it. All right. Right on. We're, <laughs> we're off to a good start, man. Um, I, I wanted to invite him on. I've been following him on Instagram for a while. Uh, and he's been keeping us apprised with a lot of his videos and stuff like that. If you're uh what what's your Instagram handle, Gary? Just my name, Gary Strasberg. That's it. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, I appreciate you joining me and and coming on the show yeah, and and uh, you know let's see if we could make some waves and and you know get some more information out there so we can put it in front of especially for you guys in Washington. So uh, and and before we do that, why don't you give us the bird's eye view of of who you are, how you grew up, and and uh, how you ended up here talking to a guy about hunting issues in in Washington. I know, right? Here we are. Uh, my name's Gary Strasberg, uh, born and raised in Washington State. I'm 55, so I'm an old fart. I've uh, been hunting uh, most of my life, uh, fishing for more than I've been hunting, but still, I remember tagging along with the old man while we were out hunting and, you know, making too much noise and <laughs> all that stuff we all did when we were kids. <laughs> yes, sir. But but uh, now with, uh, and I joined the Navy in 1986 and uh, ended up making a 20-year career out of that. And the Navy oh, really? dropped me off of yeah, and the Navy dropped me off up here in Whidbey Island in uh, Northwest Washington. I just never left, and so that's where I've got kids. And um, now my I'm remarried with a, a gal. Been married ten uh, years now. We got six kids between us. We got all kinds of grandkids. So, and that's what I'm really here for with this uh, anti-hunting crap. Is I want to make sure my grandkids can still hunt. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, there's no way I couldn't imagine looking my grandkid in the eye when they say why can't we hunt anymore papa and we say you know what your papa worked his butt off your papa did it whatever he could yeah yeah i that there's there's a lot to be said with that i've I, you know i my entire season this year was um i don't want to say it was ruined because it it wasn't but i my entire season from spring bear all the way with the exception of september elk was all focused on on taking my girls out and and having them hunt and we had a little success but you know it it oh, cost me bear? oh yeah man i we we love our spring bear season and oh, i i just we uh, so we're to. gonna i know we're gonna talk about that it's just it's crazy hey what'd you do in the navy man uh believe it or not i was an air traffic controller in the navy and that's what i'm still doing 
Oh, gotcha. Cool. So, so you weren't like it, being air traffic control. Did you deploy on ships and, and all, what year did you retire? Uh, uh, 2006. Oh, okay. So, so I, I was in, uh, in the Marines you were in the from Marines. 99 to Oh three. So I'm always curious if we ever cross trails when I talk to another military guy. So I know I was on the USS Tarawa during the Gulf war. Uh, okay. And then uh, did a couple of things on that. Then I was on the USS Carl Vinson uh, through the early 90s. And then I did two tours at Whidbey Island and then, it, you know, then schooling and all that other crap. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So uh, I think we had the Tarawa was with us at some point, but I was on the, the first deployment was a USS Ashland and then the USS Tortuga. And they were both wow. LSDs. Oh, and yeah. Awesome. Uh, Yes, yes, indeed. They got they it got it got pretty western in yeah <laughs> some of those open seas for sure. So yeah, those things um, they move around a lot. Yeah. Oh yeah. So cool. No, that's good information. So so that's what you do now. Your air traffic control for like local airport or U.S. Navy. Oh really? Yep. The Department of Defense. I work as a U.S. Navy air traffic controller up here at Naval Air Station Whidbey Island, and uh, we control all the F-18s and all the other uh, platforms we have here. Plus, we have airspace that goes all over the Puget Sound. So we own airspace, a lot of it. And so we deal with not just Navy traffic, but uh, light civil traffic and everything else. So Man, that's cool. I didn't know that. Cool. Yeah, you know what? A lot of people don't. <laughs> I, I just I, I saw one of your you posted this video where uh, you like got up on a ladder and uh where it was like hey you got to clean your gutters out and then you gave us an update on the on the washington <laughs> commission and so i kind of i had it in my mind you were uh you know similar to me working on roofs or something i i don't know but <laughs> you're way smarter <laughs> <laughs> well good for you i'm i'm proud to see you're cleaning out your gutters and taking care of that you know not yes. a lot of people do that no. so so tell me a little bit about uh where we're at now I just had I had some guys from the conservation coalition on, yeah, uh, guys and gal, uh, a few weeks ago, and they kind of brought us up to speed. And now I'd like to hear kind of from your perception as to how you got involved in the this this kind of so called debate in Washington. Um, doesn't seem like much of a debate sometimes because it, it seems like no, uh, you know hunters just get steamrolled. Yeah, it's pretty one-sided what, sometimes. Yeah, by by values and ideology, and that's you know, and so it's it's really hard to combat. But uh, how'd you get involved in it, and and uh, we'll take it from there. You know, I, I when when I found out uh, about the things that were happening with the commission in Spring Bear, uh, it was a friend of mine that uh, got a hold of me and it's like, hey, do you know about this? And like, I have no idea what you're talking about. So we're, I mean, being a Washingtonian, you know, the way things are set up, you're supposed to not have to know who the commission is. They're supposed to follow their mandates and, and make sure that we have, you know, to perpetuate and all that stuff and make sure we have game and blah, blah, blah. And when I found out that they were talking about removing spring bear, I'm like, holy cow. And then they were talking about this vote that was supposed to come up that was only supposed to be, um, uh, they were going to lower some uh, tag allocations. Yeah, and they were going to be yeah. uh, some something that was supposed to be minor. And then they found a, the, a couple of the commissioners, the anti-hunting commissioners, found a loophole, and they brought it up for a vote. And then they said, "Well, if we can't figure out uh, the rules and regulations, and we just won't have a season." Imagine and that's that. where, it, and that's where it started. And ever since then, I've spoken at every single commission meeting since then. So that was Good. in two thousand and. 
21? Yeah, I think I, I was going to say, I, I, th- I want to say it was spring of 21. Yeah, spring of 21. Because there was some... Fall of 22. Yeah, and, and then there was like some d- discussion and actually some uh, hope, some vague hope that 2023 there'd be a spring bear again. Yes, there you was. Know? Uh, and then, and then that kind of got shattered as well. Yeah, it did. Uh, I mean, every time, I mean, there's been numerous petitions put forward and it, it literally, as soon as they read the petition, it just, they just shut down. There's no debate about it. There's no, we need more information. It's just, Oh, you want spring bear again? No, well, never mind. We're done talking about it. And that's yeah. where we're at. You just don't want to talk about it. Well, we've got a sore ass over that and we, and we're going to continue to have one. Yeah. I, I like the way you put that sore ass about it. I, I, I have a sore ass about it and it doesn't even really affect me. Uh, yeah. You know, and it's, it's just, uh, we're in, we're in a position where, you know, we've had a lot of conversations on this show where it's like, okay, here's what's going on. This is why these commissioners are wrong. This is why these commissioners are right. And, you know, we're going to, we're going to bitch and gripe and moan about it. And just nothing really happens. Nothing comes out of it tangible. And that's, that's why I was kind of, you know, I, I thought about, okay, I just, I just did the Washington coalition group, the kind of the panel discussion. Uh, and, and, and those guys were all great to have on the show. And I, I really enjoyed that episode actually. And so I, it was like, man, I don't know if I want to do another one this close to that one, but at the same time, I think it's time that we start looking at perhaps a different approach as to as to what we're doing here to help Washington sportsmen and women, you know, combat this hostile commission side that is because it's it's and we kind of touched on this in that last episode. This is not a thing where we could just present facts to them that are right. logical and they look at that and say, Oh, okay. So less than yeah. 1% of the spring bears that were killed were actual lactating sub uh, uh, sows. So that's not like a huge deal. Uh, okay. There's, there's what 30,000 bears in the state of Washington. So the 200 some odd tags that were given out or allocated for spring bear really isn't making a dent. Okay. So, you know, it's not that kind of conversation. What this is is value driven and ideology driven, and and they they have this proclivity to to bring this ideology, ignore what the science is, or in other cases manipulate what the science is, and and just bring these beliefs to the forefront and act like they're serving the people of Washington to include outdoorsmen. We know yeah. they're not doing that. They're not yeah. serving the animals. They're not serving the wildlife. They're not serving conservation, and they're certainly not serving sportsmen. And and so, in your opinion, is did I miss anything there? Like like wh- where are we at with all this? Did I did I miss something? Do you want to add anything? No, no, you didn't miss anything because that's it's exactly correct. Because I mean, we've seen the we've seen the science. We've seen the the state biologists sit down and give them the exact science they need to hear. Mm-hmm. And all they do is they kick the can down the road and go. We need more. That's not the science. That's not the right science we want. We need more. We need more. We need more information. Well, it doesn't fit their narrative. That's why it doesn't fit. So they just keep on kicking the can down the road to just say, nope, we're not going to have a spring bear season because we don't have the right science. Well, what is the right science? So that that's where we get into this, where they just continue. It doesn't matter what our biologists say. They just, mm-hmm. it, it's all emotion driven. And it's, I mean, I say that emotion, I mean, sure, we're all emotional too, but it's, it's different. It's a different emotion. And 
Well, we, it's we, it, obviously we, we are very, I, I think that hunters just by our very nature are very emotional people. And, and I'm, I'm, a am an emotional guy. Uh, you, you know, I get, I get very emotional about hunting and what, what hunting rights mean to me. I get yeah. emotional, shoot. I get emotional when I kill a deer and walk up to it. And, and I, I, you know, I, I, I don't like that feeling. I, I don't like that feeling. And, and it's just, a. I think just by nature, we are emotional. However, comma, what, what comes with that is we, we are the, the side of this discussion that has the decades and, and millennia behind us, the time. And, and it's not like, like I heard, I heard somebody say, I don't remember where this was, you know, it, well, you know, slavery was around for a long time. Does that make it right? And it's not the same kind of thing. No, it's, it's, you see, it's, we, it's the, not. Humans have been managing animals since the dawn of time. That that is the essence of our relationship with wildlife. Is is if you look back even into like ancient Rome and and the Greeks and the philosophical discussions that were had centered around wildlife back then, they had concerns for wildlife back then and wanted to ensure that there was a future for wildlife and. They were also hunters. These weren't people sitting around saying, oh, ah, killing a bear is bad. You know, we're going to cancel your season. And, and so the the point, I guess that it's a long way of me saying is <laughs> we, we have the science, we have the, the the longevity, we have the history. And and a lot of a, a lot of these, you know, anti hunting folks, they, they kind of tend to come at this like, well, you know, back in the early or late 1800s, early 1900s, you know, it was market hunting that killed all the all the populations. So good job, hunters. That's what you did. OK, but who brought those populations back? Yeah. Who we are the realized. real stakeholders here? Yeah, we who, realized that was what was happening. And we exactly we <laughs> this. That's that's where that that's what the history is. Yeah, that's what the facts are. And that's what the science is. We have almost 30 million white-tailed deer running around the lower 48 because of hunters. PETA yep. didn't bring them back. The, the you know, and I've I, again, I'm kind of beating a dead horse. I've said this a million times. It, it is what it is. So that that's where my frustration lies is, and my my secondary part to this, my frustration lies in the fact that I feel like sometimes we've got these echo chambers going where you and I have we share the same values when it comes to wildlife management and conservation and hunting and the traditions of hunting and just the humanistic right to have a connection with nature in which we go out and pursue these animals. And yeah, absolutely. They they lack this, but we also have this issue where hunters tend to focus on the wrong things. Man, uh, an example of this, Gary, like it was a shit show the other day on Facebook because Idaho did the non-resident tag purchase, you know, day, December one, you know, it's like yeah, D-Day of hunting. Well, <laughs> yeah, I'll bet you do. And, and I mean, the, the comments, the, the vitriol and the hostility that I saw all day. And I, I purposely kept getting on Facebook. Just, I, I was curious. And this is what people are focused on. You know, people are posting in there. Well, I'm like 43,000 person in line. Uh, and you know, they're bitching about the, the system. They're bitching about how IDFG, you know, does this. And I, and I agree, there's reason to be upset about that. It is, it is kind of unfair and, and, uh, not super convenient for non-residents. And then you have resident hunters just railing on these non-residents <laughs> who are, who are just trying to get tags. And, and it's like, guys, what are we doing? Why are we ripping each other apart over tag allocation, tag, tag purchases in the state of Idaho? 
it's all over Facebook. Non-hunters are seeing this vitriol and, and this hostility. And yet we, but, but at the same time, we're, nobody's talking about what's going on with the Washington commission or in New Mexico or in right. Colorado. What, yeah. what do you say? What, like, where, where are we at with all this in terms of, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I cut oh, you off. Sorry. I, <laughs> I'm worked up tonight. You know, I, I know and it, it does. It gets, it, it's easy to get worked up and that's just it. It's like, Everybody would rather bitch about someone shooting a 6.5 Creedmoor, a traditional bow, than they yeah. would worrying about. I mean, I saw a lot of that stuff you're talking about, too. Because, yeah, I was in that waiting room. My stepson almost had a chance at a tag um, in the area we wanted to go because he was like number 5,000 and I was 29,000. So it is what it, I meant. Last time I hunted Idaho was 2018 when I drove to Orofino and bought a tag, a tag over the counter. So, yeah. Well, I understand that frustration, and I honestly understand the frustration from the uh, from the residents too. But mm-hmm. it could be worse. It could be Washington. I mean, literally, I see some of the shit that people bitch about in other states, and like, dude, you have no idea. I mean, and so that was one of our 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 main goals in the coalition was to get people to stop being so damn narrow minded and focus on what is more important. You want to bitch about some cat shooting a six point five Creedmoor, or do you want to bitch to the commission? about saving your, your hunting season. So you can actually use that 6.5 cream more, you know? And so it's, it, it's, I mean, you and I were talking about this uh, off air. There's still people to this day I can walk up to, or just in a conversation, I start talking about the fishing wildlife commission. And the first thing, Oh, they can't do that. Like, well, they are, no, they can't, yeah. they can't do it. Like they are. No, they and did. They, They've, they already have. <laughs> and they already have exactly yeah, and then yeah. they they keep on saying that this can't happen I'm like i don't know who where you're getting your information but that's what we're trying to get to is we're trying to get to those people we're mm-hmm. also trying to reach the non-hunting public in a good light uh putting hunters in a good light because there's a uh there's it's coming down right now that the anti-hunting groups in washington are really putting the screws to us to show us as a bunch of dirt bags yeah and i don't and, know and- if it's or not but it's not that hard for them to do that because there's no, you, it's have, not. you have that two three percent of hunters that they they want to put post these um, videos on social media that that paint us as a bunch of heartless redneck backcountry drunk ass fucking you know it, whatever you want to call it and and sadly those are the videos that will get shown to the general public and and it is and we have issue. proof we have proof that I mean not only just anti hunters but there's commissioners that cruise through those Facebook groups and they cruise through those forums. They see that shit. Mm-hmm. Trust me. And you try to tell people that people don't know when to shut their mouths. They can't shut their mouths when it comes to certain things. I mean, I've been accused by a couple of people recently that I've been being too soft. You're being too nice, man. Sometimes you got to come to someone else's level to try to reason with people. And that's what we're doing with the commission. We are trying to reason with people that were unreasonable before. Have we been successful? In some regards, yes. In other regards, we're probably never going to be successful. But those I think are the, that's those a, are the extreme commissions. That's a great way to put that from a sense of, because here's, I'm like in an impasse with it, Gary. And this is why I wanted to talk to you. I, I'm like at this impasse where I've been super aggressive. I've been mean. I mean, hell, I have a bumper sticker on my website that says demand Lorna Smith resign. 
and and it sells like people buy that sucker and and, and like it's it's crazy uh I, and i i'm saying that because i'm not sure if that's the right approach i i really don't know that i'm going about this you know i just heard randy newberg just did a really good four-part series on his podcast yeah, he did. And really he had good. one of the former commissioners on from washington Kim's a, yeah Kim's a, she's a jewel man she Kim's really is. a rock star man and and yeah. that's those are those are that's the salt of the earth kind of people that that we need. You know, here you have this this doctor that is just yeah. passionate about the outdoors that served on a commission, non hunter, well. and and she looked at the information that was given to her and made a wise decision based on that without the emotion. That is a exactly. stellar commissioner. And so you know, I by by listening to that and just really thinking about this, I feel like maybe my approach of being aggressive. And calling out some of these commissioners, I've called them names. I've invited them on my show. They refused me, and I've, 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 you know, gone off the handle over that. Uh, <laughs> and it's like, you know, if you're if you're serving in some public position, I think you should come on shows like this and and I discuss why. Like, uh, it, it doesn't have to be a debate. Anyways, I'm wondering if you, if you go to my if you go back three years ago and look at some of the very first meetings that I spoke at. Uh-huh. <laughs> you want to talk about pissed and I was not, yeah. I wasn't nice. I, I didn't swear, but, um, and I learned early on too, cause I, I believe it might've been Mike, Mike hers. He actually called, I think Lorna out by name during a meeting and it was shut down right there. And then they, they, we don't want you talking names or whatever. So, but you can get your point across to who you're talking to. Yeah. They, they know exactly who you're talking to. And, and I was, I, I, like you just said, I was not nice and it was, but I got way less response than we do now. And well, what's the old saying? You can catch more flies with honey than you can vinegar. You know? That yeah. Kind of yeah. That's kind of the, the, the kind of the perspective I've been coming at this. And so I, I've been trying to think about how to do this because yeah. you were just talking about how you're trying to have like a reasonable conversation with maybe some of these commissioners and I'm going to reach out. If I could track down the email, I'm going to reach out to one of these commissioners, um, which by the way, they shouldn't shut down public meetings because a public commissioner was called out by her name. Uh, Mike, yeah. Mike, Mike can call her out by her name. I'm sorry. She's serving on a public entity that, that this, it's not, there should be no hidden things. There should be no, no secrets kept. And so and one of my points when uh, when that was brought up, one of my points at the next meeting was that, you know, you're doing all this. You want to take away hunting seasons and you're, you're, you want to talk bad about hunters. Well, own that shit. If you want to yeah. own it, then own it and own don't it. hide behind. I don't want my name being said. So th- th- we had, you know, it was it was, there was a lot of turmoil. It was very tumultuous back then. Uh, it's a lot. We've had this huge paradigm shift recently on how we act at our commission meetings. And you know what? It's working. There's a lot of great trail cameras out there. I've run the Tacticams, and that's a great system, especially their cell cameras. I've run a lot of different brands that I've, I've recommended to you guys in the past, but the right fit at the right time 
is the spy point trail cameras. I have uh, a couple of the Flex G36s that are cell cams. They do a really good job for keeping track of everything that's going on on my property. And I also have for, you know, kind of out in the back country, I've got these Force Pros. Man, the picture quality on those Force Pros is is just amazing. If you guys saw some of the bear pictures I was showing you during Spring Bear, that was a Force Pro. Really great cameras. I, I'm really excited that they are, uh, they chose to sponsor the show because I've been, I've been using SpyPoint for a long time, and, and I think you guys are going to be just as happy as I am with them. And check them out at SpyPoint.com and let them know the Western Huntsman sent you. Some of you might be old enough to remember back in the day when you can go to Walmart and get you a Savage Rifle for very cheap. And they did a good job, but they weren't like equipped for some of the hardcore hunting out there that we do today. If that's a memory that you have with Savage, like I do, I'm telling you, it's not like that anymore. Savage Arms is one of the premier firearms manufacturers dedicated to us hunters. I have this freaking uh, Savage 110. It's the Apex Hunter. And this thing is amazing. I love the AccuTrigger. You can also get them with the AccuFit, which allows you to adjust the stock. So if you're buying them for youth hunters or whatever, or just, you know, rifles fit you different. It's so flexible. It's so perfect for every hunter. It's just not the same Savage that it was 30, 40 years ago. It's a great firearm for everyday use while hunting, and they support hunters and they support this show, and I really appreciate Savage Arms. Check them out anywhere firearms are sold or go to savagearms.com to find out more. So where where did that come from, the paradigm shift? Is that is that something you just kind of thought, man, this this hostility thing isn't working, let's let's try this? We did. Uh collectively. Uh, you know, I mean there's we've got our main uh, there's just uh, some main coalition members, you know, like Mike and myself and Joel uh, Dane and, uh, Andy and Josh and a couple of others, we, we kind of talk amongst ourselves as far as just via text message and shit, but we yeah. do have a main group that we all talk together. And in that, within that main group, we were kind of like, you know what, it's time, it's time to kind of change. We got to try something because what we were doing, you know, what the, it was getting the same results. We were getting nowhere. So we had a couple of our commissioners on, uh, Andy Elliott, the broadside podcast, Yep, and I heard that one. A couple of uh, commissioners on that podcast. We've had a couple of biologists on that podcast, and it's really done well uh, for us to put information out via that platform. Um, and I believe when you can kind of cross that line, where you can actually have a a decent discussion with someone with normal discourse instead of playing radio, you know, you talk or I talk, you listen. Yeah, I transmit, you receive. And when you get past that, you can actually have a decent conversation with somebody. You know, you actually get shit done. I couldn't agree more with that. And I'll I'm I'm working on something with um, I, I reached out to an organization that I believe they're based out of Jackson, Wyoming. I, I think because, you know, we we th- this this Washington situation is a big deal. Right. And then we also yeah. have these pro wolf advocate organizations that are just absolutely extreme <laughs> in relisting wolves in the northern Rockies. And they, they make these posts that are like, oh, mm. if we don't relist wolves tomorrow by Sunday, the, all the wolves in the northern Rocky Mountain region are going to be dead. 
And, and you know, I, I'm I'm reading through some of those, and I'm reading some of their posts. And I, you know what I did? And this was just like last night. I sent them a message, and and my, the message was, "Hey, I, I you should come on my podcast and, and talk about this wolf situation because I think that at the end of the day, in a weird, bizarre twist of fate, we want the same things. We want we want thriving wildlife. We just see how they are managed very differently. And, yes. and I want to have that conversation. I don't want, I don't, and I know there's, there's uh, folks that listen to this show that will totally disagree with this, but I don't want wolves wiped off the planet. I don't want no, them. I don't, I don't want either. them gone. I agree and, with you. I agree. And, and honestly, it's, it's unrealistic to even have that expectation. That's never going to happen. They were reintroduced in 1995. They're here to stay. So we need to stop with the whole, shoot shovel shut up bullshit because it's not going to get us anywhere yeah smoke a pack a day and you know (laughs) back in like uh back in like 06 07 all over north idaho everybody's truck had this that that decal on the back smoke a pack a day or sss and you know all these all these things or whatever you know and most of these guys had never even actually seen a wolf uh in the wild And, and they hadn't heard a wolf howl they they don't even know how to find a wolf you know and 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 so I'm not trying to trash folks on our side of it, but there is there is a time yeah. when it's time for people like us to say, okay, it's time to move on from that outdated philosophy and act like there's some realistic level of expectation that, that wolves are going to go away. They're not. Yeah. What we have no, to they're do, here. they're here. And, they're, and, and what we have to do is find a way to maintain wolf levels that are manageable, that are not detrimental to every other species on the landscape where the wolves can thrive and so can the ungulates. And that's achievable. You know, I feel like that's achievable. We're getting closer to that in the state of Idaho because trappers have become so effective at, at reducing wolf numbers here. I'm starting to see more elk. I'm starting to see more mule deer. Um, actually, I don't know if I'm starting to see, I, I go back and forth with that. Some days I'll go out and I'll be like, man, there's mule deer everywhere. And then another day it's like, oh, the wolves have wiped them all out. <laughs> you know, it depends yeah. on how much yeah. hunting skill I have that day. <laughs> I, uh, I was, uh, the last time I hunted Idaho was 2018 and, uh, we, we were up in Lolo, you know, oh, ground zero, man, ground zero, man. Yeah. So we were up in there and we drove all the way up. Uh, we were hunting up on my wife and I, we were hunting up on Smith Ridge and, uh, I ran, we ran into an old timer up there. He said, he goes, I know there's nothing up here. He goes, but you know what? He goes, I can't not hunt up here anymore. So we yeah. walked with this guy up this logging road uh, and we got up a, and we paralleled the top of Smith Ridge. And he was telling us about all the, he goes, not even, you know, very long ago, he goes, you guys would be tagged out right now. He goes, there were elk Absolutely. on this ridge all over the place. And then an elk bugled. Like, you got to be kidding me. And I'd never, it's October 10th. I'd never hunted, you know, with a rifle in the rut. That was one of the coolest things ever to, mm-hmm. to bugle with. So there were elk there, but dude, he was way down, you know, in a draw somewhere. But yeah, I, yeah. It, and we we heard wolves. I got a, a friend of mine from high school that lives over in Kamii, and I I said, so what do you do? I go, do you just call him? He goes, it was just howl. It just just make a howl noise. Yeah. So my wife and I stood on this ridge, and and it was starting to get dark, and we started howling, and they howled back. Oh yeah, man. You can, you can totally get them talking. It's a great, a little, a little eerie being a Washingtonian being over there where we haven't (laughs) got wolves on the West side. (laughs) It's interesting. You can, um, it's kind of fun at, at nighttime in September. I love going out at like midnight. Me and my buddy, Steve Johnson did this. 
Steve, if you're listening, shout out. Uh, but we'll go out and we'll start howling with our bugle tubes. We'll just, you know, in the in the bugle tube. And you get wolves talking back. And that's a great way to locate them. You'll never call them in to kill them that way. What you do is yeah. you, you locate them that way. And then you close the distance and start doing like some kind of, um, you know, rabbit in distress or, or something along those lines. A fawn. Uh, Phelps has this great little black tail fawn in distress call. Uh, that's, that's worked pretty well, but like, there's, you know, there's, there's guys up here in North Idaho that have really nailed that process down. Like Tom Schneider of stuck in the rut. Uh, the dude is just super efficient at finding and killing wolves. And that's, that's basically the process he uses. And I'm, I'm not going to give out too much information because I took his wolf course. So that's how I know some of this <laughs> stuff, but yeah, my, um, my friend from uh Kamii, Mike Winteringer, Mike, if you're listening, I, I'm hey, pretty Mike. sure he listened to your show. Uh, so Mike Winteringer, he's the one that he told me the exact same thing that you just said. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and, and that's, I think that's part of it. You know, you, you talking about wolves and hearing those wolves, I saw the light in your eye. Yeah. Uh, I, I get the same thing. Cool. I get excited, man. I, <laughs> I like having wolves out there. There, there's some authenticity to the wild backcountry when you're hearing wolves yeah. howling outside your tent. And, and it's, it's incredible. It's an incredible, like there, think about all the people, Gary, that like never go to places like that. You know, they, they live in these big urban areas that they'll never hear in real life. They'll never hear a wolf howl like that. And that the hair on the back of their neck won't ever stand up <laughs> because of the eeriness of how a wolf sounds. And so the, you know, I, I reached out to this group and I, I'm like, you know, I think we want the same things. We just have a different, you know, value set as to how we achieve this. And I think that they, you know, we as hunters have blinders on because we're running around saying, you know, let's get rid of all the wolves, shoot, shovel and shut up, you know, yeah. smoke a pack a day and hell with the wolves <laughs> and blah, blah, blah. Uh, that's never going to happen. But they also have blinders on as well, where they're like, we need to relist wolves because wolves are endangered. Okay, explain that because they're 10 times beyond what the objective number was when they were released in 1995. So they're not endangered. So don't give me that hyperbole. How do we come to a, a con conclusive agreement as to which you can understand that there is a place for hunting and trapping and we can understand that there is a place for wolves on the landscape because yeah. that's the only reality that exists. Nothing on either side is going to be a reality. And, and so that's what I want to get to with this Washington commission discussion, because I know that they're, and, and hopefully you could fill us in on this, but I know that they're talking about taking uh bear hunting and, and mountain lion hunting back to like 2019 levels where you can only kill one bear. And it's, it's a dramatically shortened uh, season uh, for, for mountain lion. And um, what's going on with that? It, it, can you update us on that? Yeah, it was a petition that was put out by Washington Wildlife First, I believe, the Humane Society of the United States, you know, everybody's favorite, uh, Center for Biological Diversity. And then there's like the, I don't know, the, the Mountain Lion Lovers Foundation or something. I can't remember what it's called. <laughs> but there was a, a collective group of them that all put this together and they petitioned the uh, the, the commission. And uh, it's actually up for vote. Uh, man, I believe it might even be this next meeting on the 14th and 15th. It's up for vote by the petition or by the commission on the seventh of this month on December. Uh, the De state of Fish and Wildlife Department, the biologists are going to present information to the commission in regards to all this, and the state is already leaning towards telling the commission to disapprove it. So 
you know how well that's going to wow. go. Wow. So, okay. Wait a yeah. minute. Wait a minute. The the presentation from the biologist is on the seventh, which is two days from now, and the vote is yes. when? Uh, 14th and 15th. Or of 15th. December. I have to look at the agenda item, but I believe it's being voted on on the 14th or 15th of December. Yes. So one one Christmas present to to sportsmen in Washington is could be a reduced bear uh, allocation and and uh, shorter mountain lion seasons, cougar yes, seasons. Possibly, it's possible. Okay, so um, is there is there a public comment period? Uh, there is there okay. is public comment period uh, on Friday and Saturday. So if you want to speak, which we encourage everybody, and you don't got to be from Washington to speak, because like you'd said earlier, the tentacles of this shit stretch far and wide. Let me okay. Uh, sorry, Gary. You're talking the comment period is the eighth and ninth, like this coming weekend. No. So, so there's no, there's no comment on the seventh. Okay. No public comment on the seventh. That is a, you now you can watch it via zoom. Uh, you can go to the, the department of fish and wildlife commission's webpage, click on their agenda item or their meetings, uh, current meetings, and you can scroll down to that meeting. It lists them all from all, all year long. And then you can uh, you can click on a Zoom link and actually watch that presentation on the seventh. I believe it starts at like uh, oh crap. I think it's ten o'clock in the morning. I got to work that day, so I won't be able to see it. But then <clears throat> I'm sorry, the public well, comment. Well, I mean, what what's worst case scenario if you just stop playing paying attention to the airplanes and just watch the commission meeting? You know, <laughs> I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, put them in a holding pattern. So if you're if you're on the WDFW website in okay, I, actually I'll I'll work through that later. It if takes you, me forever to figure out a website. All the way to man. the very bottom of the page, from the very from their homepage, go all the way to the bottom of the page, and you'll see Fish and Wildlife Commission listed in one of those uh, blocks in the bottom. Yep, got it. And you click on that, and it takes you to their homepage. Contact. Okay. Okay, I, I what I, I guess what I'm doing here, Gary, I'm trying to figure out if they're like it is currently as we're recording this, it is December 5th, and uh, my plan was to release it a week from today, next Tuesday, because my my episodes generally come out on Tuesdays. Okay, uh, and that's thanks by the shout out to Scott Reekers over at Eastman's. I've been putting them out at 3:30 a.m. on Tuesday mornings as instructed, sir. they don't instruct me i'm totally kidding but he he told me that that seems to be optimal so um commission meetings so if i click on that tab uh upcoming meetings up click on the upcoming meetings scheduled meetings all the way to the bottom on that yep okay i got it december 14th 16th through the 16th is the webinar uh carnivore science panel december 7th so that's a web conference okay you know what i'm going to do I'm going to release this on Thursday morning, okay. uh, which is the seventh, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because today's the fifth, so I'll put this out. It'll be a bonus episode then at, at that point. But I'm going to put it out on Thursday morning so that we can get the most teeth out of the information coming out of this. So I, I didn't mean to get you sidetracked there, buddy. No, it's okay. It's quite all right. So because the the um, the uh, uh, the carnivore biologists are going to give a presentation about this stuff, and you can also go to Northwest Sportsman's Magazine uh, on their. Uh, page go to their uh i believe their uh, if it's their news articles or current news or new whatever andy walgamot the uh the editor he wrote a uh back on december 1st one of the biologists lays out why it needs to be basically shut down why it needs to be not put into place 
So it's an excellent article and um, it, it tells you everything you need to know. If you send me that article, I'll link it in the show notes uh, too, by the way. I, I think that's, that's a good idea. I haven't seen that article. I'd, I'd love to read that. So, yeah. so that's what the, the conversation is going to be centered around is carnivore, carnivore management kind of thing on the seventh. Yeah. And then, um, and then, so on the 14th and 15th, that's when people, folks can get online and make comments or do they have to sign up for comments ahead of time? You have to sign up. And right now I believe there's over a hundred people already signed up for both days. And can you, do you, have a, do you have a bead on like what the mix of that hundred people are like? Sportsmen, anti-hunters, what like is I there would a mix? say right now, considering this is a petition for predators, as well. We know anti-hunters love predators. Uh I'm I'm gonna say we're probably outnumbered right now, uh in in people speaking, because there was a shitload of them signed up early where we didn't get signed up in time. Uh so we're we're filtering in, but it's and they they put you on the docket first come, first served, and it just kind of goes as you go. So there's there's over a hundred people signed up right now. What about in person uh, commenting? Is that is that a thing, or is this it all is, is this all on, on Zoom? Meeting. Not on this meeting. Yeah. So if you, if you look at their um, at their meeting agenda and stuff like that, if it says it's a hybrid meeting, that means that there's actually in person and Zoom. Um, and in person commentary always takes precedence over Zoom calls. So they'll always take people that showed up in person first. This one is just a webinar, so it's uh, or just a normal meeting that they have where there's no public input in person. It's only via Zoom. Okay, it looks like there's a petition for what day was this? Ah, damn it, I just left. Friday, Friday at three forty-five uh, is going to be petition begin rulemaking for the return of recreational spring bear hunting seasons. Staff will be, or I'm sorry, staff will brief the commission and ask for a decision regarding a petition that asks the commission to begin rulemaking for the return of the Washington State spring bear, uh, spring black bear hunting season. Uh, so I, okay, I'm going to go through so all this. Yeah, that, that's a petition that was filed by uh, one, uh, just a, a Washington State resident filed that uh, petition. And it is along the line. So back in October, the October 27th, 28th meeting, uh, Commissioner Baker made a comment that that the commission knew that they had enough bears to have a season for spring bear, but yet still all voted no on it. Well, not all, not all of them voted, but they still voted no enough to where it got put down. So this petition were, uses those words that she said to try to get that pushed back through. I know the guy that that started this commission. Uh, I, I know Brad. Um, yeah, really good guy. Uh, he's super shy and won't come on my show, but um, I've asked him <laughs> a few times. Brad, my friend, I know, I know. Hopefully, you're listening to this, but uh, I could tell just by I, I'm scrolling through this position, or I'm sorry, this petition. Heck of a job, brother! Uh, thank you for doing that. So, as mandated, you know, he's pointing out, you know, what the mandates are for the commission, and you know what is required. Uh, man, that, that is what we need. That is proactivity right there. So, okay. So, so we've got that information out. What happens in January? I, I and we're, we'll come back to this carnivore thing. But uh, so January, when we get into the January, they're going to start. So the they're trying to push a conservation policy that kind of circumvents our mandates uh, of the of the fish of 
what they're mandated to do. So this conservation draft conservation policy that they call it, they've been working on this thing for years. And this is what and everybody's talking about refers to as the preservation policy, right? This is the preservation policy. Yeah. And we've okay. actually, we actually had a petition of our own, a signature petition that I presented at the October 27th meeting to uh, basically tell them to shit can it, to get rid of it. Cause it, it mm -hmm. and I listed every, everything that was wrong with it. Excuse me. And um, so we're hoping that helped. I mean, they're still going to probably push it through. Uh, right now, I believe that uh, the since they see, this was the problem with that policy, they pushed through. They didn't consult anybody. They just pushed it through. Well, they consulted their anti-hunter cronies, but they yeah. didn't get a hold of any sportsman groups, any fishery groups, any commercial fishing groups and the tribe. They never got a hold of any tribal groups either. Right now, that petition, I believe, is with the tribes because they neglected to include them. So we'll see where this goes. I think it's been edited about 15 or 16 times. So huh. I'm just one of the reasons I'm asking some of these questions, Gary, is I I have this like I have this fantasy of one of these in-person commission meetings where like literally 10,000 hunters. I, I mean, there's 10,000 hunters in the state of Washington, right? Yeah, that should be. We came so, close. I, we, I mean, we. Did we, we uh, did, uh, tell me about that <laughs> at the October 27th, 28th meeting, October 27th was the main one we had. Um, we were pushing through the coalition to show up, uh -huh. damn it. Show up. This one's in Olympia. It's a big one. Show up. Whether you speak or not show up, dude, people did. We probably had a couple hundred hunters there and we said, you know, don't, don't get all crazy and stuff, but wear a hunter orange cap, you know, wear, wear, wear your vest. Maybe even wear a camo shirt, just something yep. to let a Cabela shirt, a Sitka coat, something that showed people that you were a hunter. And we did. And it was phenomenal to see that many people. And Man, now that's fantastic. And now they're saying uh, the anti hunting groups are trying to say that uh, the reason why some of the votes have gone the way they have with the wolf petition and now this predator petition is because we intimidated them when we showed up. So when you were there, did it seem like it was super intimidating or? Well, considering, <laughs> um, so it's in the natural resources building in Olympia. And it's also in the same building of the Fish and Wildlife Police. When the chief of Fish and Wildlife Police comes in there and says, man, this is cool. And shakes yeah. all your hands. We got commissioners no that were taking photos with us. We got, uh, you know, the wildlife police are there. Um See, and this yeah, is what I'm not. talking about. This is what that that's exactly the stuff I'm talking about. When I when when I start getting super fired up and I start losing my shit, it's it's yeah. because of stuff like the hyperbole that comes out of this uh anti-hunting movement. And you know, whether it's this wolf group talking about how wolves are on the brink of extinction here in the northern Rockies, <laughs> or or if it's these these folks, you know, saying that a couple of hundred hunters showing up in orange hats are intimidating. You know, they go out to the the people, the non-hunter, and and some of these yeah. some of these non-hunters are just on the brink because they've never been exposed to what being an outdoorsman is. So they're right on the brink of being maybe easily swayed to be an anti-hunter and start start activism with alongside groups such as HSUS. You know, HSUS yeah. has done nothing to 
bring conservation efforts and 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 uh, you know reclaim population objectives uh, of any species in North America. They haven't done anything to that. All they do is line their pockets. They line their pockets. The 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 CEO Kitty Block. Actually, I don't know if she's still the CEO or not. You know, know, she she's making three three four hundred thousand dollars a year just in salary, not to mention the backdoor yeah. deals that are made. And and they they run around claiming like they're the end all be all for for wildlife management and conservation, but yet when you when you look at what they've actually achieved, they they got some fur companies to stop selling in department stores and and saved yeah. a dog during the coronavirus. <laughs> you know, like literally that's that's what their website says. I don't understand how people fall for this, but there's so many people out there that have never been exposed to hunting. They could be easily through emotion swayed into groups such as hsus and and be supportive yeah. of this anti-hunting movement and these commissioners uh you know they'll 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 get back you know slapped on their back for a good job by folks like this that don't actually understand the realities on the ground in western landscapes and how wildlife management actually works because right and that is where i get frustrated that hyperbole that is so effective and how do we counter that, Gary? That's, I think, where exactly. one of my big things that, that I want to talk about is how do we counter that? And I've said this on a million times on the podcast, but like it is so easy for PETA. I always use PETA as an example. PETA is not actually our problem. P- PETA is no. just, they're a bunch of, like, I don't mind saying, yeah. they're I off their <laughs> rocker, man. <laughs> Come on, I I pick on them so bad on Facebook too because I I follow them on Facebook and and I, and I like troll them. I wait for their stupid posts and I go in there and I'll make comments. Anyway, I know I don't know if that's appropriate or not, but whatever, I don't yeah. care. Uh but but the the example remains that you know Peter can put a post out on Twitter or Facebook yeah. or something and be like, look at this really sad mama bear. Or, or something like that. You know, she'll find maybe they're filming a bear at the zoo who is uh, an hour past feeding time and is upset about it, you know, and you can just t- bears have this face expression. I, I love oh, watching, you, bears, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and so they can find this really sad looking bear and maybe it's because the other bear stole his candy. You know, you, you never know why they're getting this footage, no. but, but <laughs> what they do is they, they, they present it to the public as if it is some, poor picked on mama bear that is oppressed by hunters and and that is so difficult to combat because it takes nobody's going to read three paragraphs of a response to that saying hey you know here's the thing that bear this is probably why it's behaving this way or 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 whatever you know nobody's going to read all that nobody's going to read the science behind you know the one of the healthiest populations of bear black bears in the lower 48 happens to be in the state of Washington. And, and this is why spring bear hunting is effective for conservation and, and, and a traditional thing that is good and healthy for both humans and bears. Nobody's going to go in and read that. They're going to be swayed by the propagated emotional messages from these anti-hunting organizations. And that's where the bead needs to be placed from us. Where, how do we combat this? Do you have an opinion as to how we go about removing these emotional pleas from anti-hunting organizations that are feeding into the non-hunter out there that could be easily swayed into becoming an anti-hunter. We've got to start. Um, Cause you know, as you know, being with, with social media, you can do almost anything, but you know, yeah. me, if I, if, if I share something on my wall at Facebook or on Instagram, that's pro hunting, that's full of facts and everything else. 
Well, it reaches all my friends and all of their hunting friends and all of their hunting friends. So my reach, mm -hmm. we don't reach the, the, the audience we really need to, to reach. We run you know, in our circles. It, yeah. Yeah. Our, yeah. And so we reach all of our circles, but the people we need to reach with that kind of information to combat the antis is all those people that 70% that are out there that don't hunt, but they don't disapprove of hunting because they just don't know. Yeah. So, yeah. and like you said, those are the ones that are so easy to be swayed by the antis with their, with their fluff and their, and their smoke and mirrors and all that stuff. And so, that's who we have to reach. And it's hard. It's really it hard. Is, it is hard, but there's got to be a way. I keep thinking of, you know, because for people listening that might not understand, like, the gist of what we're talking about, what they do would be the exact same thing. Like, if I were to go out and um, let's say I find a calf elk that was hit on the highway and I pulled that calf elk out uh, into a field. And then I ripped this thing apart through the fur, uh, you know, and legs one way, the heads all, all, all over the other. I've got the I've got the guts pulled out, and and then I like somehow Photoshop some pictures of wolves in there, you know, like they're just in there, they're ripping this calf apart, yeah. spitting ass all over the places, blood and guts, and and it's it's <laughs> a really nasty scene. And then I post that, and I say something to the effect of. Look at what these wolves have done again for the 27th time this week. You, you know, that that hyperbole, that's essentially what they're doing in the exact opposite context. Yeah. In a lot of these posts. And and, and again, I I follow some of these anti-wolf uh, trapping, wolf hunting, uh, you know, organizations for the very reason I just want to understand them. Well, you and have to. You have to. And we have to understand that. And that's what they're doing. And so that's kind of what we're talking about. They're doing the opposite of what I just described. And that, that might be a little bit more exaggerated in some cases, but, but, but in a lot of cases, wrong. it's You're not. exactly it's right, not. though. Yeah. And so what we're what Gary and I are talking about is how do we combat that kind of messaging? Because people have, let's face it, it's 2023. Hell, it's almost 2024. People have, social media has created this very short attention span for folks. You know, they don't they don't read articles. They don't read long winded responses. We all have that Facebook friend that gets on and makes like a fifteen hundred word post. And like nobody <laughs> reads that. Who reads yep. that? I'm not reading that about how grateful you are for seeing your grandma at Thanksgiving or something. Yeah. You know, nobody's reading that kind of stuff. And, so, yep. and, and it's just it just kind of highlights the fact that we all have these short attention spans. And so there's got to be a way to counter their propaganda with our own version of reality. And, and what I mean by that is we don't need to put propaganda out. All we need to do is tell our story and tell it in a, a clean, ethical way, not, yeah. hey, check out this video where my this coyote got his foot trapped in my trap, my foothold, and I just blew him away on screen with a, you know, whatever. And, and they're and, out and, there, man. They're, they're all they're all over there. It, it drives me crazy. It drives me crazy. Enough with that kind of shit because that's the stuff that I just saw on Instagram, Gary. There was I, I can't remember the page. It's like it's not hunting and it's not really an anti-hunting page. It's like this one of those one of those pages that just likes to show nature stuff, you know. And, oh, yeah. And they were showing these hounds chasing this black bear. And the black bear comes out of the tree and he, he grabs one of the hounds and tosses the hounds. 
and the, and the, the houndsman is filming this whole thing. And then the, the hounds start coming up. They're chasing this bear further down the ridge. You know, it's, it's a pretty brutal little scene. And, yeah, you know, I got on there and started reading the comments about that. And, and people were like, I hope, I hope that houndsman that's filming that, you know, I hope the bear gets him and rips his head off because that poor bear. And they have a lot of sympathy for for something like a bear because we live in a world full you know we grew up on on teddy bears and and the care bears and you know they've been um what is that word when you like humanize animals when you humanize them and that's what our draft that uh draft policy is trying to do because they're Uh trying to show that that policy here in washington was trying to show uh like bear that wildlife are beneficiaries Wildlife saw that. beneficiary. And, and, see, and yeah. see, for for folks listening, like what what somebody who could really simplify what what Gary's talking about here is that Randy Newberg series where he's talking about what a yes. trust means. What is public trust? What who are the beneficiaries? Who are the shareholders? Who are the stakeholders? What is the the public trust doctrine and and what yes. that means? And so by making the the wildlife the beneficiaries. You're humanizing what is actually the trust. Uh, I don't know if I'm explaining that right, man. I'm not as smart well, as Randy. <laughs> yeah, me either. But uh, but th- th- along those lines, that's and that's what they try to do. They try to humanize animals mm-hmm. for the bleeding hearts to want, you know, so we can't hunt them. And that's it just simply put it that way. I hate it when I, there's a word for that and I can't remember. It's like morph, no. morph, morphism or like, I can't remember the freaking word for that, but they're humanizing, you know, it it's like, done. watch Bambi. That's humanizing. <laughs> Bambi yeah. is this baby deer. It turns into a decent little two point uh, and, and, you know, runs around and they, they just demonize hunters throughout the whole show kills Bambi's yeah. mom, but, but they're humanizing him. And, and so people literally that have no exposure to this, they grew up thinking that, these deer have these humanistic emotional attachments to each other and, and these long-term like, like, like a, a, a fawn is going to have an attachment to a baby rabbit named Thumper. Right. You right. know, and, and you know, they're, they're going to have this friendship and, and they, they, and so anyway, getting back to what you were saying, where, where you start humanizing these, these animals and wildlife, I get off. I get off <laughs> quit laughing at me, Gary. <laughs> Oh, anyways, uh, but that, that is the danger. So, so a beneficiary to the public trust, uh, doctrine in which, you know, wildlife is managed for the betterment of, of the people or, or not the betterment of the people, the wildlife is managed for the people. Uh, we are the, the stakeholders in this. Um, again, I don't, I don't want to slaughter this because again, you know, like Randy, Randy, he's an accountant, so he's got public trust doctrine all this terminology yeah. down like, like crazy. You said, if you want you've got to listen to that series because everybody should everybody and should it's, go it's the one with kim thorburn that he breaks that down with and yes. she does a fantastic job uh with him on breaking that down I'm i didn't gonna... know near as much as i thought i did until i listened to that so randy uh, it is like oh this one's just so he's got andrew mckean on with him but i, I just what i was trying to do is just i i want to give everybody um if they whether you guys have Randy's uh, podcast downloaded or not, but this is called Hunt Talk Radio, Randy Newberg Unfiltered. And you go through, and it is called The Future Role of Hunters and Hunting. And it's got like part one, two, three, and four. And there's four episodes, and they're all very, very good. Yeah. Uh, and I think that everybody should, I don't, you know, 
Ran- the nice thing with Randy is is he's not like one of those super controversial hunting figures. You know, like have you ever noticed like Steve Ranella? There's some people that love him and some people that just hate him. And, and I don't get it, but whatever. Randy's either. not like that. Most people just, you know, Randy's just, he he's a great guy. Uh, in fact, he's a powerhouse when it comes to like um, understanding wildlife management and, and public lands and so. conservation. And, and he's got a lot of, a lot of experience with this. So it is worth it for everybody to go back and listen to those four episodes because he does break down that much better than I can. Part four, he actually mentions my, uh, or the concert, not mine, it's not my coalition. He actually mentions the Conservation Coalition of Washington yeah. because we are just a small group of people, grassroots, that we are working our, I mean, again, we're all volunteers. We don't do this for a living. We're not paid talking heads like the someone from HSUS or the Washington yeah, Wildlife Exactly. Service. We're just men and women that want to keep hunting going, and we do this in our spare time, which we don't have any. But here we are. We're doing it. And Randy, it was Mike. Mike Hurst called me. He's like, he's like, I got goosebumps, man. You got to listen to the episode. Nice. He actually mentioned it. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. No, and that's true. He's right with that because, and and you're right with that. You know, we these these organizations, these grassroots a- efforts. It's not like we have a half a million dollars sitting around to hire a couple of attorneys. Uh, and yeah. lobby on our behalf. You know, I, I think that there's there's maybe an, an avenue for that to happen. Uh, were we all to come together in, in a way that is, you know, consistent with like the levels of unity with HSUS and some of these yeah. other organizations. So there, there's ways. I think that there's an avenue for that. But right now, what it yeah, is, is. If I is, can say something. Yeah, go ahead, man. Go. So uh, Sportsman's Alliance has mm-hmm. offered to help us out. Uh, we are actually having another fundraiser. Sportsman's Alliance, we already had one. Uh, one of my good buddies, Chris Cantrell, uh, Bear Country Outdoors. Those oh, yeah. guys have one up up north uh, at the, a brewery up north by Arlington. So Chris and James Forsland and Doug Joyce, they had a, a fundraiser uh, up there with Sportsman's Alliance a couple months ago. Uh, but now Sportsman's Alliance is going to be having another fundraiser in Centralia, Washington, at the Southwest Washington Fairgrounds in the Blue Pavilion, I believe it is, on uh, January 11th. Uh, so for more information, you can get a hold of the uh, 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 Conservation Coalition or our good buddy Joel Schwecker over at uh, Black River Taxidermy. He's heading up that whole yep. thing. Yep, uh, that's going to be a great event. Actually, I'm I'm going to be sending some stuff for that. Um, I think I have, I might have a spy point camera or something sitting around here that I'm going to send over for that. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's and that's the kind of stuff that starts the ball the ball rolling down the hill. And and that's what we need to do is start getting this because we were talking earlier. You know, you were you were saying like you can walk up to somebody who's you know a passionate hunter and they don't even know what's going on. I was in. I was in Okanagan County um, a few weeks ago for my day job, and and I went over there. And this this particular customer of mine, I know he's an avid hunter. He's a big time hunter, and he didn't know that they took away spring bear. He he didn't even know. This is a guy, you know, that is out there. He he gets te- he hunts every year. He doesn't go to like we're all kind of in this organization i'm as a vendor and there is like the you know other other side of that where they're um they're managing these big commercial facilities or whatever so without putting out too much information he flat out everybody looks forward to this fall conference that they do, they do and it's perfect for me because it's right after september archery and right before all the october hunts start 
uh, you know, it's that little window of time that's that's always yeah. open for me. So everybody looks forward to going to this conference. Not him, man. He's he flat out skips that conference and because he's hunting and and he's going on because I apparently he gets his tag where it's open during this while this conference is going every year. He the point is he's an avid hunter. He had no idea yeah. this was going on. He didn't know that there were hostile and, and again Okanagan County. That's like central Washington, right? Uh, yeah, that's central that's Washington hunting central. Hunting central. I'd love to hunt out there, man. There's some big ass mule deer. Yeah, some of the best hunting in the state is in Okanagan County. Yeah. Yeah, even even after all the fires that have kind of yeah. ravaged that, because it man, Okanagan has gotten hammered by fires the last few years. But yeah, anyway, I, yeah, it, it just it surprises me. And so I guess that's another thing I was hoping to look at or, or discuss with you is do you have any ideas how how to touch folks like that that are out there? We know they're passionate, we know they're hunters, they're outdoorsmen, they're committed to this lifestyle but they're unaware and maybe asleep at the will. And I don't say that in a mean way. They're just not paying no. attention to it because hunters by nature are just not activists. How do we wake these people up? You know, it, it's, it's got to come from within. It has to come within our core group. We've got to be able to spread the word to our fellow hunters. I mean, it's, it's got to, it's, it's as simple as that. And barring putting a billboard in every highway on the state, I mean, you have to be able to, Oh, man, I wish it was so much simpler than that, but it's not uh, because like you were just saying, I, I was sitting at the, the October 27th meeting, sitting in the meeting and I took my cell phone. I took a screenshot of behind me of all the people and a good friend of mine texted me. He's like, where, where are you at? I said, I'm in Olympia at a commission meeting. Why are you there? I told him what was going on. He's like, since when's that been going on? Oh, <laughs> like man. You said, See? It, it, it amazes me. This is a guy yeah. that I'm friends with. Yeah. And so I, I look at that. I was like, man. I should, he should know because I should have told him. So I think it has, it's got to be word of mouth. I think people just like you said, by nature, hunters just want to be left alone. We don't want to get involved. All we want to do is hunt, fish, think about hunting and fishing and prepare for hunting and fishing. That's all we want to do. Yeah. We don't want to be bothered by this. And I've, I've been saying this lately. I said, it's basically uh, in this day and age, especially in Washington state, you cannot be, or you can't, God damn it. I can't think of it now. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's what happens. I got you on the spot. <laughs> I know. Right. You cannot be um, a hunter in this state and not be politically active anymore. And by politically, I don't mean like, you know, left and right and all that malarkey. It's just, you have to be, cause this is political. Our governor put these people in position to do what they're doing to us. Yeah. So this is a political move. So this day and age, you have to be political. You can't sit on your laurels anymore. And that if, means spreading the word. I couldn't agree more. If you value hunting and if you value the future of hunting and want to see hunting and, and conservation through hunting and wildlife management through hunting continue for future generations, you cannot be apolitical on this. You you can't no. just sit it out. And I know, I I know how they feel, man. I I yeah. I have a disdain. I, I just have a disdain for politics in general. I, I do don't, too. I don't trust politicians. I don't trust. I don't care if they're left or right. I I just, I think I'm just long enough in the tooth that I, I just, they've all screwed me over me and I just don't trust them. And so, but that but meeting the time to the sit 27th, quiet. Oh, I know that meeting on the 27th, when I was sitting there at that meeting that weekend, it was a Friday. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that was the day before opening day of Eastside Modern Firearm Elk in Washington State. And that's when they're oh, having wow. a meeting. 
and the Actually, 28th was opening day. That's interesting timing. And you guys we have a late rifle hunt. Yeah, exactly. And we still had 200 hunters there. So luckily that year, luckily this year, I hunted muzzleloader. So I, I'd already, my elk hunt was already done. Usually we hunt modern. For whatever reason, I picked muzzleloader this year. So I was available. So, and that's another thing, the timing of these meetings. Mm-hmm. They're right in the middle of the hunting season, most of the big juicy ones. So, yep. yeah, I noticed that a couple of years ago. They, they put, they put a, 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 to use your words, a big juicy uh, commission meeting <laughs> with public comment. It was like, I, I want to say it was archery elk season or something, but I, I remember yeah, they'll do it right in the middle of archery. Yeah, like, I, I remember commenting on the timing of it. Oh, that's convenient. You know, why don't why don't we just start scheduling meetings when there's a uh, we hate hunters convention in Las Vegas or something? You know, convention, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> and so uh, I I don't know. Uh, there's I I think that you know you mentioned a couple things. I I and I want to. I'll play like 20 questions with you here for a minute. If, if you're good with that. (laughs) So, because again, right now, I think, I think what is the most important we have right now, we have this big focus on trying to reason with the anti-hunting movement. Uh, That's not going to work. We have this, this push to try to push science over emotion and, or maybe get too mean and aggressive with, with some of these folks. None of that's working. They don't, they don't no. care about the science. They don't, they don't care that it, it, emotion trumps science. And they honestly, so, sometimes they could actually, I won't even say that science can go two ways. I'll say it that way. And so it could be not necessarily manipulated, but it, it could be presented in a way that makes a case for both sides. This is why I'm yeah. leery of the science side. Okay. So, so all that aside, but we have to get the word out there and, and it's time, it's time to get more hunters, especially in the state of Washington involved. So you mentioned billboards. Are billboards a terrible idea in your mind? Like, no, they're not. I wish are they? I, it's just, they're expensive. <laughs> they are expensive. I, I, I know all about build billboards. I, you know, for, for what I do with my day job, I, they're, they're yeah, expensive. We, we actually, we, we talked about, and, and again, us being a grassroots, we're not, we're not a 501c3. We're not a nonprofit, nothing. So like we're trying to develop a website. Well, that's all on our dime. So we, we actually discussed the possibility of a billboard. Man, that's like five grand. You know, and so we don't have that kind. We don't have five grand. I'll negotiate. Around. I'll negotiate on your. We can get them for cheaper. We can get them for cheaper. I have uh, to talk to you. Then. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, I've rented <laughs> lots of billboards. Um. So, uh, so, so that's an option, and I think that you know some people might be listening now. Well, what's a billboard going to do? Well, a billboard is going to put in the minds of non-hunters. That maybe there is another side to the story than what yes. HSUS is putting out there, right? And that's all we need. We just we we just need people to be aware that there is a counter argument to some of the propaganda that's being fed to the public. Okay, yes. so there's billboard idea, and again, this is all going to be der- derivative at, at your derived at it. You know, being able to have the funding for it. So yeah. we've got to figure out how to do the funding, which I'm I'm more than willing to to help with. Uh, I mean, I will flat out if if somebody wants a lame Western Huntsman T-shirt or whatever, I will put all that money proceed into into doing this kind of stuff. Um, so I I have no uh, qualms about that. We just need to organize it and figure it out and get people to to actually do it. 
so here here's another idea I've had floating floating around. What about a series of videos that get um, put onto social media that you know how you could do that little thing where you pay to promote the video and you, if you're scrolling yeah. through social media, you'll see a sponsored. What if we had a series of videos that we made that were very, you know, uh, eye-catching from a sense of uh, somebody that's not a hunter, maybe want to, because they're not going to want to see just some some old dude like me uh, I know, talking yeah. about how great hunting is, you know, you know, they're, they're not going to want to see that, that, but, but somebody talking about the lifestyle centered around hunting, maybe not necessarily out there in the field, shooting a deer kind of thing, but it's something that is centered around hunting that discusses the, the, and, and, and almost promotes the fact that, that the North American model of wildlife conservation is kind of like a duty for all Americans to understand, Absolutely, and, and you know, and maybe a story about hey, uh, like my my daughter, she got this deer, and you know we do all our own butchering, so we, we did it here, and now we've got like you know months of of uh, a meat supply that's very healthy, and talk about the health aspect right. of it. Uh, you know, I, I'm just I'm totally spitballing here. It's not like I have all this thought out, man. So if you have no, input, it makes sense because. When you say, because uh, when you can use stuff like that to, uh, uh, even if it's just a short 12 second, you know, you can show that yeah, hunting yeah. brings families together. My thought and, was a minute or less. Yeah. And because, mm-hmm. like, even at the one of the commission meetings, we had uh, two kids speak, uh, a 12 year old and a 15 year old. And then another gal got up there a little bit later, talked about duck hunting with her daughter. Yeah. All the commissioners, that's the, that's the ones that they remembered. The you know, stories. That, that, those hit home, those hit them in the fields. And that's what you got to do. So the humanism behind hunting, I think, is what really helps our cause. Yeah, I not do not the jackass that shoots a shoots a coyote in a in a foothold and and displays that all over for Aunt Sally to see. Yeah. You know, or or that you remember those kids a couple of years back? I think they were in the south southeast or something. You know, back there where they. Uh, had wounded that deer and then they were they were just beating on it you know they were kicking it and and the deer still see stuff like that that. it's just like you know you're you're a military guy i don't i don't know if you remember uh back in 99 um i had just gotten out of boot camp and and some a couple of marines were on leave and they went out to um the mojave desert or some somewhere and poached a wild horse it was national news Oh, and and the thing, I... the thing with that is, it's not like they were like two dudes went out and killed a wild horse, uh, poached a wild horse. No, it was two United States Marines went out and heartlessly, brutally killed and poached a wild horse. So it like reflected on the entirety of the Marine Corps, and so that's what I'm talking about. Where we have we have some of these negative things that happen uh, within the hunting community that reflect mm-hmm. upon all of us. And yeah. and that's what we have to be super cognizant of and, and like police ourselves with. And we've had lots of lots of discussions, especially last winter with my buddy Chris Rowe and Guy Duplantier uh on this on this topic. But um those so, are some of my but, favorite guys on your show. <laughs> what's that? Those are some of my favorite guys on your show. Oh man, I love the, those guys. I, I love yeah. those guys. So I was just talking, I was just texting with Chris the other night. Uh so anyway, the yeah, that, but, but that's going to be, I, I think an important thing. And so if we could, if we could figure out a, 
how to fund making these little one minute, which that doesn't cost. I could go out with my cell phone and do it. Do oh, it. Absolutely. You know, yeah. and, and we just like, if we designated like 500 hunters to all make videos like that, if we, if, if we could promote that somehow and have all five or 500 of those hunters put $20 on their debit card to sponsor that, to target non hunters on social media posts, just telling the humanistic story behind hunting. I don't know. What do you think? Does that sound dumb? I think to it's you? a great idea. Yeah, I, I think it's a great idea because, like you said, if you can get even if it's like a twelve to fifteen second blurb that is like a YouTube commercial. Yeah, I, mean, I, I watch well, YouTube well, think all about, the time. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like a YouTube commercial. That's a great idea, actually. Because I, I watch YouTube all the time, and half the shit I see on the commercials don't have anything to do with what I like to do. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, to have that come through, and like you said, though, it's got to be tasteful. Can't be blood and guts. Yeah, um, no. It just I mean, simple humanistic. Just, yeah. yeah, simple humanistic storytelling. And and the the thing the thing that um you know to to, to the point that you just made, I don't know. We'd have to figure it out. But uh, you know you know just something humanistic that tells a story that is whether it's twelve seconds or a minute, um that connects people that don't have any experience with it and tells them a different side of the story. I, I don't know. Again, I'm spitballing here. So I, I keep going blank. I, I had a point to say something and I lost it. <laughs> well, like you said, you know, like social media, you're, with social media, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't, you know? So yeah. e even just because we've been labeled as, you know, tro everything's a trophy hunter. Yeah. Everybody's a trophy. trophy hunters. That's what bear bear hunters are. They're all trophy hunters. Oh yeah. We're all trophy hunters. And it's like, you know, I, I actually made that distinction in one of my speeches one time. I was like, Hey, you guys went to college, right? You got this big fancy diploma that's hanging on your wall, right? You call that a trophy? Hell yeah, you do. Just like that set of antlers hanging back there. That's a trophy. Yeah. Because I remember that hunt, just like you remember graduating from college. You know, I mean, it's one of those deals where it's the, the trophy aspect doesn't mean that I just left the animal to rot and just took the horns. It it it's it's a totally different thing. It, it's yeah. so blown out of proportion with this trophy hunting bullshit. It's not even funny. See, we could do we could do a series of videos talking about the fact that tr the the term trophy hunting has hijacked the reality of what trophy hunting actually is. Because yeah. trophy hunting, if anybody wants to go back and listen to the episode I did last summer, no, two summers ago with Ike Eastman, uh, discussing about how trophy hunting has a conservation aspect to it, uh, he's sure very does. effective at articulating how that works. But the, these these little videos. You know, everybody would have to be willing to chip in ten to twenty dollars to pay for their own sponsored thing, and and we maybe I'd even be willing to put together a website to show people how to do that because I, again, in my day job, man, I do a lot of sales and marketing and 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 whatnot, and so I'm I'm just familiar with all that. But we can definitely it, stay in touch think, with the coalition and do that. Yeah, yeah, and let's do that. And then you know, you think about like what the RMEF does. They'll put these little blips out of why why hunting is conservation, right? Yeah. And so it's it's kind of expanding on that idea and 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 using that as like a foundational building block, but but instead of just like this this picture, this image, this graphic saying, you know, here's why hunting is conservation because now there's this many elk because of the you know organizations like the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. You know, I I love that stuff. That's great for hunters, but I don't think that's going to speak to the non-hunter. I don't we think need to make either. it a video that that is humanistic. Um, 
What's an, do you have any other ideas to to touch people that are that like reach out and touch the non hunter? Like you can get real crazy. We could all get together and do like a really kick ass Super Bowl commercial, right? Wow, but yeah, we need I millions mean, on that one. Exactly, you know, and we've we in the coalition we've discussed that too, trying to get thirty seconds of airtime, yeah, during something you know where we know that non hunters are going to be watching. And again, it, it, it if it's done tastefully. You can actually sway someone. You could actually get someone to I go. Think so you know what? Maybe those anti-hunting groups are you know full of crap. So because I agree, I think that when when you boil it, you know, and 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 again, I know people may not want to. Am I keeping you too long, man? Are you good no, for a minute? Okay. When you boil it down to how all this stuff kind of has its its foundational essence as as to what it grows out of which is political and fanatical extremism yeah and and i i do believe that that's what animal rights activists are i i believe that they are extremists i think yeah. they're the same kind of folks that suck people into this um unhealthy vegan uh lifestyle that's almost cult like yeah. uh i believe it's the same people that that suck our kids into um, this gender confusion era, uh, uh, um, and, and they do things that are, uh, you know, permanent to their body that they, they'll never be able to recover from. And I, I think that that's evil. Um, I, I, you know, and, and I don't mind saying it, you know, I, I, I don't expect you to respond to some of this stuff, but it's okay. Um, yeah, no, it, it's, I, I, I believe, uh, that a lot of the environmentalism out there is, is based out of the same premise where, where they're trying to sell us a bit of goods that has no foundation to it. And, and this is in an effort to have control of the dialogue and, and maybe our tax money and things like that. And, and all this stuff is, is fanaticism. And so what we have to do is expose it as what it is, which is fanaticism. And, and I, I don't think that it's that difficult to do, but it takes a coordinated effort from a lot of people that have this passion to pursue that goal pursue this objective of protecting our thing, our lifestyle, this hunting lifestyle that we, that we enjoy. What say you on that? Hey, what are you drinking there? Water. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're a good well, man. I, I finished my beer. <laughs> I, I know. I, fit, I I had a, I had a little cup of whiskey going and I'm, I'm totally out, man. <laughs> really bummed about it. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but no, I, I agree. I mean, it, the extremism, uh, we're seeing it more and more and more here in Washington. Um, the, the groups, I mean, the the backhanded or not backhanded, that's not the right word. The backdoor room the deals? Well, yeah, I mean, the backdoor deals. That's one thing, too, with the commission. Uh, our commission, the the, the um, we, I, we even have, like, with extremism on the commission, uh, the commissioners have actually been uh, in contact with uh, anti-hunting groups during commission votes. You know, I mean, it, it that's how bad it is. And the crazy part is, is since it's it is political and it is extreme, there's no repercussions for them because when it comes from all the way at the top of the governor and he ain't doing shit about it, well, it's not nothing's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So but, so the extremism is just kind of let go. But then you get here we are just this small little group. We come in. These extremists in Washington have been used to getting their way. They've been used to, well, hunters are quiet. You know, they're stupid. Yep. They're not going to yep. say anything. 
and they're and they're they're too busy fighting over over you know whether you're a bow hunter or a six point five man bunch and all this other crap. So yeah, so they 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 see that they know that they know that we're going to implode within because that's what we do, and they've used that to their advantage for so long. Well, now here we are. We're not an extreme group. We're a small group of people that have just done nothing but show up. Yeah, we have thrown a monkey wrench into all that bullshit, and so. Now the extremism is getting even worse because that's all they, that's all they know how to do. That's all they know how to do. It's the fanatic- the, yeah. And, and fanat- I, I, fanaticism. Yes, exactly. Where, where do you think? And, and because I, for, before I say that, I want to commend you guys in Washington because the, the thing is, is the, with all the frustrations that have come out of Washington and the politics and the, and the back door, uh, you know, or closed door uh, sounds almost never mind. The closed door meetings, you know, that yeah. that that seem to come out of uh, you know, some of the stuff going on, the shenanigans in Washington. Uh, yeah. because you know, we all know we all know Seattle and that kind of I five corridor is is home to a lot of these extremists, and and they it's it's a it's like this hub of yeah. of um, you know, extreme leftism, whether it's it's fanatical. Uh, animal rights stuff, or or you you know name your cause, name your name your, uh, uh, your bleeding it's heart. There. It's there. It's there. It's all there. And so, but through all that, it's too bad too, man. To be uh, because like Washington, man. I, if I wish it was friendlier to non-residents in terms, and, love, and you know, like I freaking I spend all the time, all this time in Washington. It's great country, man. And I say this all the time. It's great country. It is. I love uh, anyways, I love this state, but yeah, it's uh, hard sometimes. But but some of the light and some of the you know inspiration, if you will, has has come out of Washington with you guys kind of coming together. And you know, I know you have a lot of new friends out of this, and and you have yeah. new acquaintances, and and you know these grassroots efforts that are that are being formulated in Washington are going to be, I think, because this stuff is not going to stay in Washington, California, New Mexico, and Colorado. This stuff is going to spread to other states. You know, I, we 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 live in, you know, Montana and Idaho where where that is just super foreign to us. But how exactly. foreign is that going to be if we let it go in Washington in 10 years from now? You know, and and so you know, between you and and Mike Hers and Josh Capel, I had Kelsey and Corey on. You know, in that other e- episode where we were talking about this, and the way you guys have come together and formulated a, a grassroots effort group to make change and and demand this, uh, and Brad Thompson doing what he's doing over there with with petitions and whatnot. You know, um, th- this is great stuff, and this is what's going to be kind of the the platform. That maybe if it is getting bad in Montana and Idaho and Utah and Arizona and all these other states down the road, we're going to look to okay, how did Washington do it? How did how did those hunters in Washington uh, formulate a plan to combat this, and how are they successful? And and so it's it sucks for you guys, but you're kind of like the pioneers as to <laughs> as to how this is going to happen. You know what I mean? Does that make I sense? Do. It, it it does make sense, and and honestly. It it does suck. You know, I was just talking to someone the other day. They said something about, you know, this is, you know, you, you're doing this because it's your hobby. Like, no, hunting's my hobby. Defending my freaking right to hunt sucks. Yeah. But I have suck. to. And and I'm going to continue to do it until, I, until I'm 
six feet under. I'm, I'm not going to. And our no. coalition, we're not stopping. One thing we've learned about this little grassroots movement is we get to talk to people that that will talk to us before they will talk to bigger name uh, groups and individuals, because it's just kind of because we're, we're just we're just common folk. Yeah, just grassroots. Safe yeah, hunting yeah. in our state. And more so approachable, was, maybe. Do you, is that more what approachable? It is? Yeah, I yeah. think so too. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I love that. Um, I I think that that's. Hold on here. I gotta. There we go. Um, uh, I I think that that again. You're you're kind of the thing is is you guys don't have a will to recreate. You know, there's no there's no will before you. Um. And so it's it's like this learning curve that has taken place in real time, and yes, that's why time. that's why you know folks like me, I see that I, I identify that, and I'm not trying to pat my own back, but I I think that if if we don't learn with you, if, what what I say by me we mm-hmm. is folks that are in states like mine, Wyoming, Montana. Uh, Idaho, these states where that is so foreign to us, we don't have these big metropolitan areas that that have these right. like strongholds of fanaticism, and and you know this this growing anti hunting group. I mean, Wyoming has Jackson, um, so I can I could play I, I can I, I like to throw that out there just to give the Eastman guys some some a hard time that <laughs> Wyoming does have Jackson. Come on now. <laughs> and but but the, like the rest of us, we we don't have these major metro fanaticism yeah. type strongholds where you know I I can go to I can go to some big towns in in Montana. I can go to Missoula, and you know what? I, I can get a steak at like all the restaurants. It's not like half of them are vegan trying to bring lettuce, you know, <laughs> out and yeah. and ice water or whatever. But you know, we 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 have like this sense of reality as to what it means to be free and, and pursuant yeah. of our own destiny uh, in, in places like this. And so we have to recognize the fact that that can translate from Washington to here very easily. Yes. And, very quick. That's why yeah. I'm, I'm glad that like a, a podcast like yours with the reach you have in Idaho, Montana areas like that, that, you know, a lot of our podcasts over here on the West side aren't reaching you guys. So yeah. it's really cool that we can get word because, and I, I hope that, like you just said, that you're paying attention to what we're doing. I hope other states and other people are doing the same thing because the ten, uh, uh, Charles Whitwam from uh, Howell says it best. He told me, he goes, Gary, the tentacles of this anti-hunting movement are wide. Yes, they long. are. Yep. He, so, he couldn't I mean, be more right case, with that. Case in point, um, one of the gals that is heading up one of the main players in that cougar uh, bullshit that's happening in uh, Colorado mm-hmm. came from Washington wildlife first. Oh yeah. I know. Yeah. I, so, I know. And so, yeah, it, so they're, they're, they're migrating and they're, they're not going to stop. So my message to anybody is if, if you're in a state where you think you're secure, like it'll never happen. Hey man, 25 years ago here in Washington, I thought the same thing. Oh, I yeah, here, I would have. Here too. we are. When I first when I first got out of the service, this was the early two thousands. I got out in two thousand three, right? And my my buddy buddy of mine had a construction company in Spokane, Washington, and so <laughs> he offered me a job, and that's how I ended up up here, you know. And right. uh, I, I I moved up to I only lasted in Spokane a few months, and then I moved over to the Idaho side. 
uh, and it had it had nothing to do with you know I was still young I, I didn't care I was just out of the service all I cared yeah. about was uh, how long elk seasons were and and so <laughs> yeah. I was like looking at Idaho and I'm like man the seasons are way longer in Idaho way I'm moving better over there <laughs> shit it's ten minutes down the road I'm moving to Idaho so I moved to yeah. Post Falls Idaho man and uh, good old Post Falls uh, did me well but. The point is, is even then, uh, th- this was early 2004, the, the time frame I'm talking about. Um, I would have never suspected that out of the state of Washington. It just and, and partly was I wasn't that involved in the political side of things. But but two, it just wasn't like this big thing. It wasn't like there was activism going on trying to eliminate this lifestyle that we love and are so passionate about. And so, you know, we could learn a lot. The rest of us for those of you listening that are sitting in, in downtown Boise or over in, in Billings, Montana, or if you're maybe, maybe you're, you're a big time pheasant hunter out of Casper, Wyoming. Um, you know, we, we hear some of this and, and you might want to have this initial reaction to just reject this kind of episode as some foreign issue happening, happening in a, in a foreign far off place. It's not. It's so not, it's not happening in a far off place. It is on your doorstep. And, and man. what you it just said, those tentacles. Doorstep. Yes. And so <laughs> one of my biggest motivations to, to be involved with this is to ensure that we are successful in Washington so that when those tentacles start taking root in places like Boise, Idaho and Billings, Montana and Casper, Wyoming, we have a, we have a playbook that we can react to and counter that quickly before it gets out of hand. Like it has there. And, and exactly. so that's what has to happen. So maybe you can call that some selfish uh, motivation. I see you got another beer. Did you get I another did. beer? I You're did. a bush guy, huh? Well, uh, I, I usually drink a bush latte, but this is just plain bush. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, if I ever, uh, we're, uh, one day we're going to meet in person and, and yes. I'm going to bring you, I'm going to bring you a, uh, a, a case of beer, man, because I just, I, I really do. I respect what you do and I respect what, you know, all those all those folks that were on the last episode, Mike uh, and Josh and yeah. Corey and Kelsey, you know, it's it, there's a lot of inspiration to be had. Uh, we have a good that. group of people. Um, you do. We're, we're about 30 ish. Uh, last I kept count. Uh, we've got one 18 year old kid, too. That's a breathing fire. I mean, is he the one that just put out leash. that video? In the garage, yeah, it was. Yeah. That's Dane. Proud of him, man. Leash. That kid is a <laughs> heck yeah. yeah. So heck yeah, but, yeah, and, and that's just it. So we, we uh, the spectrum is from an 18 year old kid to a 55 year old turd like me, you know, and all walks of life in between, uh, men and women, and uh, it's just we all came together, and there's no playbook. We, we're just kind of winging it, and yeah. I just think we're yeah. in the right direction. Sorry, I, I shut my video. You were kind of cutting out there. I shut my video okay. off for a minute. I'm going to let my internet catch up. But no what worries. what message would you like to leave, Gary? Because I, I know you like you like to you're being sarcastic about your age. Right. And and let's no, face it, you're way older than I am. <laughs> but but man, I have more gray. I have more gray in my beard than you do. I feel like I, I don't know how you're like maintaining such a young stature. Uh, I don't know. But. But either. <laughs> it's fantastic, but no, uh, uh, totally kidding about that. But what, what I, I, what I'm, what I'm saying with that is, is Gary, you, you've been doing this hunting thing, hunting lifestyle for a long time. You've mm-hmm. seen things transition. 
uh, you know, like that that young stud that put out that video the other day you were referring to, he hasn't seen what it was 20, 30, 40 years ago, right? No. No. Guys like you and I have. And, and and so we've seen what it what it used to be in like the 80s and 90s. And you know, I, I'm I'm still just in my early twenties. Um no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm 39. Yeah, I'm I'm only 20. No, I I'm 43. Let's yeah, 43. And and so you know, I I remember hunting in the 1980s. I remember hunting in the 1990s. Yeah. I remember I remember what what the reaction was from society. I I mean, you and I went to schools that shut down during deer season. You know, yeah, and so uh, we had guns in our trucks. We had I did, man. The <laughs> I had my football coach wanted to see my deer rifle and he came out to my truck and grabbed it off my my uh my gun rack and was checking it out and was like yeah this will do the job buddy and you know it was a little 30-06 it hurt like hell because it yeah (laughs) you know and so but but i i guess that leads back to what i was asking you is what do you what like message do you have for folks Uh, you've seen this this change over the years and you've seen it dramatically shift over the last half a decade in washington what warning do you have for for people, and and what what uh, what advice do you have for some of the youngsters that are just stepping their uh, you know their their young toes into this lake? Yeah. Uh, number one is don't think it can't come to you because it can and it will because yeah, like you were saying, we have a hotbed of extremism and and stuff in in Washington State with that i five corridor. And it's even getting bad even in some in places like spokane. it's it's starting to spread. Yeah. That being said, just because you're in Missouri or or you know, in a couple or a state where there's really not that much happening, they're working on it. This right here in Washington state is a uh, not not the hotbed uh, ground zero. I mean, they, they want yep. to get that. It's a low hanging fruit. They know they can get by because they got a liberal governor that did all this stuff to us. And so that is just it. My main thing is just don't think it can't happen to you. Prepare for when it does. Don't sit on your ass. I mean, yeah, please go out, enjoy your hunting seasons. I'm not, this isn't doom and gloom. I'm not telling you, you know, to, to not to, that you can't still hunt and stuff. But the point is, is, You've got to be ready to fight and you've got to stay ready and pay attention to your commissions, pay attention to your, to your department of fish and wildlife, pay attention to who the biologists are. So we've had biologists change hands and we go, Whoa, where'd they go? Next thing you know, they're replaced with another biologist that isn't on, you know, our, our team basically. Yeah. Um, yeah but yeah. we've also got some good, and let me digress real quick because our Fish and Wildlife Commission has some fantastic people on the commission. Oh, absolutely. You guys really do. Jim, on our yeah. commission that are awesome people. Yeah, absolutely. I don't have to men- mention their names. They know who they are. So it's one of those deals where it's just an ex- it's the extremists that are on that commission that have ties to extremist anti-hunting groups. Yeah. So, my, again, my my main thing would be to just don't sit on your ass. Stay involved. Stay informed. And just... Always question, always question. And I, I said I've said this before, and this is where I get in trouble. I always say, in the words of Dalton from Roadhouse, be nice until it's time not to be nice. Yeah. Yeah. Great, great, great <laughs> advice, Gary. Actually, that that's 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 pretty epic <laughs> advice. And and I, I would add to I, I would add one thing to that. Um, 
don't see it as like this doom and gloom and don't see it as like you're some victim because now you have to fight. Um, yeah, don't, yeah, this is exactly. not new stuff from, from it, it, what it, what it's transitioned to is this extremist anti or uh, animal rights activist kind of, kind of thing, but the, you're not the first one to be in this predicament. No, not to, not to keep, you know, bringing Randy Newberg back into it, but you know, he's been <laughs> advocating for public land and public land access for many decades. And he had mentors that were doing the same thing for him. And so yeah. what, what you're dealing with is just a natural transition of what, what our fight is. It's just, it's, this is what it's developed into. We still have public land fights to deal with. We still have access and, and we still have hunter engagement or overly engaged hunters, or, you know, we've even got platforms out there that hate platforms like mine because they think we promote so much hunting that it's ruining hunting. You know, you've got all of that going on. (laughs) <laughs> you know, and, and, and it, it all exists and that that's okay. Um, let them focus on stuff like that. What you need to focus on as, as a young hunter, if, if, if you're out there listening to this, you know, is our fight today in this generation is, is the anti-hunting movement. Uh, it's, it's not, it's not picking on, um, Cam Haynes because he promotes elk hunting. It's not picking on your neighbor because he fires a 6.5. Actually, I have a 6.5 Savage and I freaking love this thing, dude. <laughs> Pretty sweet. I put one of those silencer central, uh, suppress that, oh, nice. that it's sturdy cool. on it. Ooh, man. Uh, it, it, anyway, I just get, I get excited about firearms anyway. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. um, I, 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 I'll shoot whatever. Um, and, but, but this infighting that we have and, and we see on social media, it's, it's, you know, all of that is exaggerated because, you can't, you, you could say whatever the hell you want and not get punched in the mouth, you know, and, and that's, that's what social media has developed. But, uh, you, you know, all that stuff is, is really, it really, that's, that's like a bunch of, um, small rocks, uh, during a, a while we're climbing the mountain that is the fight against the anti-hunting movement. Yeah. And, and so that's what you need to focus on. And, and you're not the first one to have to go through this fight. So it's time for us all to buckle up. We need to start putting our money where our mouth is our time where our mouth is you, you know that this stuff it, it's it's here and and it's real and just because it's happening in washington and colorado and some of these places that we we consider you know far away um does not mean that it is not knocking on our door so yeah. we appreciate yeah, you gary yeah no, no problem you know and for those and for the young hunters that are out there just remember if you, you get in the fight now because our fight now is your future tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So we Absolutely. are trying to fight. So you kids have hunting in Washington state or nationwide or worldwide. I mean, this isn't just a Washington or a uh, United States thing. This is nationwide yeah. or I mean, worldwide. So worldwide for yeah. sure. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. There, there is no more extremist and anti-hunter than the European ones. Uh, I mean, oh, they boy. are, they are bloodthirsty anti-hunting organizations yeah. over there. Uh, they, dude, they send me they they find me and send really? me nasty emails all the time. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Some of the stuff I've gotten from from like uh, England. I'm like, dude, I don't. I've never gone hunting in England. What are you picking on me for? <laughs> Man, I'll come over there and whoop your little ass, boy. <laughs> so, so anyway, um. Here, here's kind of what I, I I'd like to kind of wrap this up with, Gary, if you will. Like, like sure. I'm going to be 
I'm going to start jotting down some ideas and formulating some plans that hopefully we could figure out a way to move this needle. Right. Yes. Yes. Let's do uh, it. There we go. Sorry. My, my computer keeps like falling back. My laptop is getting old, man. Anyway, um, I want to start jotting some things down and sending them over to you and the, and the other members of the coalition and, okay. and see if we could start brainstorming some ways to get information. I, I think, I think there's like three key things that we need to do as, as, as a whole, as, as hunters, you know, um, I, I think we need to get this information, the the messaging to other sportsmen out there that are like we were talking about that we feel are, are somewhat asleep at the wheel. Yeah. yeah they're aloof to it. Uh, we need to get in front of them and and spread that information. Like you said, word of mouth, I think, is going to be the best way to do that. So you guys listening, whether you share this podcast or you share like Randy's podcast or or the 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 podcast that you were referring to earlier, the um uh what, what was that podcast oh, called? And, uh, uh, the broadside. Andy, Broad, the broadside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Share Andy's podcast, that broadside podcast out there, you know, those kind of episodes, just share them with like, like pick 10 people and yeah. share them. And I'm not asking you to do that to grow my podcast, right? I, this If it's this yeah. one, Randy's, the broadside, any of them, share them. Um, and if, if you're down at the local Elks Lodge, having a couple of drinks with your buddies. Yeah. Tell them. Talk, talk about it. Them. And talk tell them about to it. tell their brother-in-law and tell that guy's brother-in-law to tell his freaking mm-hmm. son and tell... You know, somebody else's aunt that can tell it's got to spread. We have to spread. If, if everybody listening to this episode told three people about the issues going on in Washington, it, it would be a wildfire at that point. Yeah. So Absolutely. that's 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 number one. Number two is uh, getting the messaging and the humanistic story side of things to the non-hunter. I'm not talking about the anti-hunter, the non-hunter, the non-hunter. folks, exactly. the folks that are, you know, they're living their life. They're, they're making their mortgage payments and going to work, sitting in a cubicle. They don't, they've never had any real exposure to hunting. They don't quite understand it. They've seen Bambi and thought that that hunter that shot Bambi's mom was an asshole. Yeah. Um, you know, but they're right on that. They, they still like to go get a, a, a ribeye, uh, right. you know, yeah. Right. These that that's kind of like your common American. You know, how do we get in front of them, whether it's through these videos we were discussing or billboards or uh, I, I, dude, I we should figure out a way to do a Super Bowl commercial. I'm gonna figure that I'm gonna get to the bottom of that. Anyway, uh we it's need a coming. few million so bucks. We, we might be able to do it. Yeah, I think we can uh, come on. There's how many hunters? How, like what, somewhere around twenty five million hunters, yeah, uh, in the United States. If if every one of them gave two dollars to this cause could you imagine? We, could, we could create a kick-ass commercial yes, during the super bowl like like beyonce would be blown away yes. you know what i'm saying so you know just uh, stuff like that so I, i'm going to jot down some stuff and send it over to you guys okay. um and the third thing is we need to start policing ourselves as hunters and start putting an end to the the hostile infighting over weapons choice or residents versus non-residents to all this bullshit that we all get hung up on uh, and start policing ourselves from a sense of if, if, if you're posting a video about hunting on social media for all the world to see, think about is aunt Sally going to see that and have a negative reaction to hunters. Yeah. We all need to look at that. We like is aunt Sally's not going to think you're cool. Putting a bullet in the forehead of a coyote. That's got his legs stuck in a foothold because that coyote looks like her dog from 20 years ago. Uh, no kidding. I mean, and, that's and, the and, kind and, of shit. 
And you know what? Call me soft. Call me a wuss. I don't care. Um, I mean, I'm not saying you can't do a grip and grin on, on, on social media. No, be, no, not at all. Be tasteful. Tasteful. You know, with, with their intros hanging out and the guts hanging out and all this other crap, that's got to go. I know it, it sucks, I, it, mm-hmm. but it's it's the world we live in. If we don't change, like you just said, if we don't change the way we're doing shit, police ourselves, it's going to be our own fault. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. I've heard it said a million times. I think it was Chris that was telling me, Chris Rowe, um, that the fishing community does a great job of policing themselves and and holding themselves accountable online and, and social media and stuff like that. We need to be more like that. And yeah. and but but those are the three things, Gary, uh, that, that yeah, I, I can see, um, you know, I, I, again, just to kind of summarize that it's it's the. Uh, we need to reach out to the hunters that don't know about what's going on and get them involved. We need to reach out to the non-hunter and help them understand the humanistic side to hunting and and our our primitive way of life that has been around since the beginning of time, uh, yeah. and and how that ties into conservation and why animals are thriving today because of this. Uh, and thirdly, policing on our own from a sense of uh, reducing this infighting, this hostility, uh, and and being careful and cognizant of what we're sharing because we don't want to offend Aunt Sally. Uh, and, and those are the three things. Is there anything you'd add to that? No, uh, those, those three things I think are money, uh, because if, if we could, dude, if we could just get those three things accomplished, yeah, I mean, we're, we're we would deal, be right? so far ahead of the game that not, if we could just get people to stop bitching online at each other, that'd be a major step. Yeah. You know, and I just wish that people could see how that looks because <laughs> I, like I said, I know they're watching. I know they're watching because we've we've got it. We've we've we have it on record that they watch it. Yeah. And they use it. And <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. And so I guess that's that's the ask of the audience listening to this episode. Yeah. Uh is is consider those three those three things. Um and Gary, I'd add a fourth that we need more leaders like you uh starting these these grassroots efforts. I, I mean that. I, I really mean that. We need more leaders like you that 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 are leading leading the charge and leading us through some of these tumultuous tumultuous times that we have coming up. But uh the the ask that I would leave the audience with is uh I I feel like there was a lot of good stuff that we discussed in this episode. Share yeah. this episode with folks and yeah. share Randy's uh episodes, share those broadside podcast episodes. Uh, but selfishly sell, uh, you know, share the Western Huntsman episode with Gary Strasberg, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I do. I think, I think that's important. I think if you, if you're a hunter and you, you know, you know, three other hunters and, and maybe they're not big podcast listeners, text this. You could, you can go right into Apple. You can hit those three little dots and it says share. Text it to like oh, three yeah. people that you know. If, if everybody did that, man, we, we could really get this information we could really out make there. The reach. Yeah, it, we can. Uh, like in yeah. and and I don't say that again. I I don't I don't say that to grow this 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 particular podcast, guys. This 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 show is already. I mean, it is one hundred times bigger than I ever thought it would ever get. <laughs> I, I I I just don't know how else to say that other than it's way bigger than I ever thought it would be. Um, I'm not quitting my day job to be a full time podcaster. I I yeah. like my day job. I like my company. And and I'm going to continue doing that. So this isn't like some motivation for that. Uh, it it is strictly is this. It would just be fantastic if if we all shared it to get this information out there. I agree, hundred oh. percent. And don't be scared to step into the freaking ring. Yeah, you've got to Good be point. active. 
you've got to be active. Like I said earlier, you cannot sit on your laurels and you can't not be politically active anymore. You have to, or else we're going to lose. Exactly. This has been a great conversation, Gary. It's been one of my favorites uh, in a long time. <laughs> I had a good I, time, I, man. <laughs> no, I really, we're going to have to do this again. And it just, let's just keep in touch, but I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to send you an email over the next few weeks with some, some ideas and maybe we can get the other folks from uh, the, the coalition uh, in on that email chain where we can just start communicating some ideas and, and figure out ways to fund them um, and, and go from there. You know, let's, let's, let's start instead of just talking about it, let's start taking some action. I, I, and you guys have been taking action, right? But I'm talking from my side. You've just got to do it. I mean, I sat on my ass for years. Oh man, maybe somebody will do that. Oh yeah, yeah. What? I'm not somebody. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I, I want to, I, I want to, I, I just want to make sure that we all can come together and make an, a, an actual difference, not only for our, the future of hunting, but for yeah. the future of of wildlife and like this thing that I don't think people understand how good we have it, Gary, in, in America. We, we have millions of acres of public access that we could go hunt on and this is something that is not acceptable in europe and and it's totally managed differently in in africa and and asia forget it i i mean it, it's just a such a unique thing that the united states so people Canada want to bitch about fixed blade versus uh you know yeah. uh, mechanical yeah i i know i i don't care I don't, I don't care. I, I like, like, uh, I, I don't know how to make people understand, help them understand that like your caliber and your opinion as to what is the so-called best deer gun or elk gun or bear gun or whatever. No one like, gives a shit. Kim Kardashian cares more about that than I do. <laughs> I, I don't care. I, I care about the future of hunting and I want you to go out with the weapon that you're most comfortable with and be as, as lethal as you can be. That's all I care yeah. about, you know? Yep. So Gary, great stuff, brother. Uh, Thanks, I, I really I appreciate, appreciate you having me on, man. Yeah, no, anytime. Seriously. Let's do this again. Tell everybody uh, again, where they could find you on Instagram and the uh, coalition. Yeah. Just Gary Strasburg on Instagram uh, or just my name on Facebook. I'm on there as well conservation coalition of washington on instagram we do have an instagram page uh i'm going to be updating the link tree uh very soon we have a little link tree on there to get you directly to the commission uh where to sign up how to sign up um and if you have any questions on how to talk who to talk to as a matter of fact i just had uh someone get a hold of me from australia that wants to that that just signed up to speak to the commission meeting on friday sue tidwell stud awesome how cool is that so yeah Author Sue Tidwell is going to speak at the commission meeting. So, oh, fantastic! That's yeah. that's really good to hear. I, I, I uh, Sue was on the show uh, last year. He just so. got a hold of me this morning, this afternoon, and said, "Hey, I can you send me some information because I just signed up to speak." Oh, I, <laughs> like, I think really highly of Sue. She's very articulate. Yeah. She, uh, you know, what's great about Sue, uh, and and getting her on that that commission to speak is is she came at this whole hunting thing. From kind of like a, a that non-hunting perspective, she didn't yeah. understand it, and and she watched that that conservation effort in Africa because they have a totally different you know their oh, yeah, their system's way different than the North American model, but it works. It's a great effective system that helps the local folks, and she saw all that, and then she's she she was able to take that and contrast it with the uh, North American model and the way we do things here and how effective yep, it absolutely. is here. Yeah, 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 powerful, powerful stuff, Gary. Awesome. 
All right, my brother. Well, uh, stick on the line. But for everybody listening, um, check out Gary Strasberg and the coalition, or I'm sorry, the Conservation Coalition of Washington. Uh, <laughs> those, those both, uh, both of those links will be in the um, show notes. And if you guys, uh, it's been brought to my attention. If you don't know how to get to the show notes, when you're like on Apple uh podcasts or or spotify or whatever you just kind of you, you you just scroll down a little bit it'll it'll pull all the show notes up and it'll it'll give you all the links to like the show sponsors and um i want to thank the show sponsors and and uh you know it, it really means a lot when you guys support those show sponsors because they make this show possible so um i appreciate that but check it out in the show notes and gary uh, keep trucking along, brother. Keep doing what you're doing. Bro. I really appreciate it. You're an inspiration. We need more leaders like you. And I can't wait to do this again with you. Yeah, thanks again for having me on, man. Honor. You made it. That's the end of the episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please make sure you're following us on Instagram at the Western Huntsman and write us a good review at Apple Podcasts. Thanks, guys. See you next time. Stay Western, and I'll see you on.